0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Syrup cast number 81. I'm your host today, Igor Bonifacic. I'm joined by Patrick. What's, What's up? up, Igor? Ian. Hey, Igor. Hey, and Rose.
2: Hey,
1: hey. I'm good. How's everyone else?
2: Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, Carry on. Carry
1: on. Carry on. Uh, There may be a case of pink eye in the room. Forgive
0: us, but anyway, it's not. It's just a sty. Lovely sty. How will my eyes work on the new Galaxy Note Seven iris scanner? It, it's just not going to work. We'll be able not, scan both your eyes. For real? Yeah. Does it need to scan true? both your
3: eyes? It needs to scan both your eyes, because some people have different, uh, like people that have different colors or different irises in both eye, because they're not identical, right? So
1: it's it, also it, it, kind it scans of like both eyes. two-factor authentication, if you think about it. Because you could true. like, you could steal someone's like, co- to go totally macabre and like take someone's take eyeball. Oh, but this, wow. you know, taking two, way more complicated. I wonder if that would work.
2: See, when I looked at it, it looked sort of like what uh, Microsoft had done, where it was just sort of registering the shape of the upper part of the face. It looked like that. Or, oh. Do you think it's that, or do you think it's really scanning the actual iris?
3: So they, they didn't really talk that much about how it works. So I, I was at the Note 7.
1: Just watch. one sec. Before we get any farther, in case you don't know, Note 7 got announced. Yes, go. Patrick was in New York to cover the uh, unveiling one of the big features is the iris scanner and now you can continue (laughs) so uh,
3: at the launch they they had like pr reps showing off the iris scanner but you couldn't actually scan your eyes into it yourself you could only watch one of the pr reps like log into
1: it i imagine because it probably takes a while to uh to register an eye they
3: showed the process of how it works and it was it was about like three minutes
1: oh the actual process Yeah, the
3: actual process of doing it was about three minutes but for whatever reason they were told not to allow well three you know three minutes times like hundreds of journalists yeah Yeah. Uh, but it it seems like it worked really well i i think it's one of the the, the, i guess the marquee coolest things about the note seven that i thought anyways because i i hate using my fingerprint because it often doesn't work like my hand's sweaty or it's wet or whatever Mm -hmm, and i don't like putting in a code or putting in a pattern just looking at my phone and having it log in automatically and then maybe eventually having that work with other things would be great yeah like payments I have payments. I know that's not going to happen forever, but the thought of that eventually getting to that point is exciting. I think.
0: Well, Mastercard uh, has something called the selfie pay, right? And it's going to be coming to Canada. If not available in Canada, it's going to be coming soon. Mm-hmm. Where you where you can pay your items not just from a fingerprint or touch ID perspective, but you would confirm a payment with by taking a picture of yourself or a selfie and scanning your eyeballs essentially what this is, right? Yeah. So There's just, just another the- level of security is what they're adding, right? It's yeah. also
3: similar to what Rose is saying with Windows Hello. But Windows Hello, right. I think the difference is, is it scans your entire face. Yeah, it goes for the yeah. whole face. And I used to think that Windows Hello was a horrible garbage dumpster fire. Um, and it kind of was when it first launched yeah. because it only took one picture of you. And so like sometimes I'm wearing, I wear glasses at home all the time, right? So I would put glasses on and I wouldn't be able to log into my Surface anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with some update like a long time ago, like probably a year or so at this point, it let you take multiple pictures under different circumstances with glasses, without glasses and yeah. good lighting and poor lighting. And it works great. Logs me in every time. Yeah,
2: they've improved it significantly. Yeah. yeah. So
0: does, does this Iris scanner work with contacts? Let's say I have contacts, even though I don't. Let's say I do. Let's say I put my contacts in. Would it work? If I take them out, would it still work? I imagine
1: only if the only issue I could see coming up with contacts is if you had ones that changed the color of your iris. That might yeah. I don't right. know. That's a good. But issue. I think it's. I mean, I'm no expert on biometrics, but I assume it's more about the kind of the vein structure, like the structure, yeah. than the actual like color, color and like because you're the. Sh- yeah. That's also, what I'm you got to think you. Um, the pupil changes all the time, right? So yeah. it has to kind of the technology has to be able to accommodate something like that where it's like constantly changing. Um, I think from my perspective, the most interesting thing about this is not so much that, I mean, Samsung has kind of led implementing certain features into Android. Like they were one of the first to bring a a fingerprint scanner to Android, but it's only when Google, you know, kind of came up with Nexus imprint and they're like, Hey, here's this like standard API that everyone can use. Uh, so I'm, most excited for a year down the uh, line where like Google's like, hey, we have this new thing called Nexus Eye or something Absolutely, along those. Absolutely, yeah. Nexus Eye. It works with any uh, phone on the, like as long as you put in the uh, right hardware, you just call in this API, and then everyone on Android basically has access to. It. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I think that would be really exciting to look forward to. I've yeah. heard that so far it's, it's pretty buggy. I've heard that it doesn't work very well with glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bet that it wouldn't work if your pupil was overly dilated. Like, I've heard that there's a lot of things that can cause for sure. glitches for now, but...
3: So like if you're you said, on drugs, it won't great. let you log into your phone. Ooh, love yes. it. Yeah,
2: it's actually an added security. No comment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah So, I, but I think, you know, this is kind of the standard uh, kind of process of things on Android. You know, Samsung comes out with, like, the first... Version of it, mm-hmm. uh, people copy them, and the implementation is not fantastic. And then Google's like, "We figured it out, guys." Yeah. Well, <laughs> I
3: was doing a story before we started recording where uh, what's his name, DJ Co, the best, uh, the illest DJ,
1: to the side of the Pacific the Ocean, the illest yeah. smartphone DJ. Yeah. Um,
3: he said that they're going to bring iris technology um, to lower-end Samsung devices in the when, it get, yeah. when it gets when it gets cheap enough for it to make sense for them right. to do yeah so. when they can scale it yeah. In general, though, I thought, it, I thought it was a pretty good phone. It's very expensive. If you're buying it off contract, it's like $1,049 yeah. or something like that, which is a ton of a money. A lot of
0: cheddar. But then, that's a 64 gig one, right? <clears throat> that's, it, excuse me. Yeah,
2: it that's starts, what it
0: starts at. It starts at 64 gigs. So how much is an iPhone? Just to compare, how much is an iPhone six? About 6, I 6, would 6, imagine about the, the Greatest phone ever. The OnePlus three also has
1: sixty-four <laughs> yeah. gigabytes and is only
0: five hundred dollars. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Three though, because, yeah, because I mean, that has six gigs of RAM. How much RAM does this have? Four. four. Four, four gigs of RAM. But this comes with a stylus and a much and, bigger, and a much better like, screen. much better screen. Yeah. the yeah. build
3: quality is arguably better too. I would say. I mean, Samsung phones are nice. Yeah. It feels, what I was going to say is that it feels a lot like the S7 Edge. Like, it's the same phone to me in many ways, just larger with a stylus.
1: Yeah, and you know, for some people, that is exactly what they want in a phone. It's mm-hmm. interesting, like I was reading, there was this great kind of uh, motherboard article about it, and it's, you know, like, the Note 5 ushered, or the Note, the original Note ushered in the phablet, but now phablets aren't really a thing at all because yeah. all phones are huge, but yeah. the iPhone SE. Um, and then you got, you know, certain phones like the uh, 5X are smaller um, But it's, a, it's a, a phone that kind of fits in like this really strange space now Because they're really the space that existed for it no longer exists, right? Um,
3: I think for a lot of people it's about the stylus like, There's people that swear by it and they love it and they use mm-hmm. it for things all the time I don't see the point in a stylus with a smartphone But I also don't see the point in a stylus with like a two-in-one yeah. I never use the Surface yeah. stylus ever yeah. I use my Surface everyday when I'm home, so I, I when people ask me like what I thought of the phone, like, I, I think it's great, I think it takes all the best things from the S7 line and it applies it to the Note. Like It's waterproof, mm-hmm. right. it has a bigger battery, right. it's really nice to look at, it has the edges, which some people love or hate it, you don't have to use it if you don't want to. Uh, expandable storage. Expandable yeah. storage, yeah. like all the stuff that Samsung solved with the S7 over the S6, they've now taken and added it
1: added to the Note. but. Yeah. If you don't want the stylus, just buy an engine. So I think, you know, it's less about like this phone is like, I think Samsung, you know, they're such a big company and like what people don't realize is like Samsung, it makes so many different things. Like they even make clothing, right? Um, But they have just the scale to make like, you know, with an S7, like they make the solid state drive, like they make the chip, they make the screen technology, right? And so... At their factories, they probably have like so much extra, like, I, like just a scale to make another phone. And for them, this is more like less about like, you know, like I think meeting a product uh, need or sorry, mm-hmm. a market need, as much as like, hey, <laughs> we can push out a new quote unquote new phone ahead of Apple. Yeah. And like, it will boost our bottom line, yeah. like the iPhone SE sort of
3: deal. We have all these extra parts. Yeah, like to, to put it at the most basic level. Yeah, we
1: don't need, we need to retool our factories because they're already making all these parts, right? I like, think,
2: Yeah, I think the Note is kind of Samsung's show-off phone. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like you said, where they introduce a lot of their new technology. So it's also mm-hmm. always kind of experimental. Yeah. Like the Edge first came in on a specific Note Edge. Um, yeah. A lot of things first came in on the Note. Yeah. So it seems like it's going to be such a niche demographic, you know, like I think that people who like styluses are a niche demographic. I think it's also just for the demographic of like super techie people that want to have the newest in Android technology. Yeah. Um,
1: And I think because, exactly. And because they can like, they can just call upon like their like amazing, like scaled, uh, you know, uh, manufacturing line. They don't need, like they can be kind of, innovative with this lineup or they can be try like different things about it because they're like it, it really it's like no skin off their back to like make a slightly bigger display right they're okay. already doing like they're making so many displays and then they're just like hey why don't we throw in a iris scanner yeah. or why don't we make the edges like the edges curved um and then they can s- see if that makes sense for a mass market phone like the normal s7
2: yeah, right. absolutely. And I was gonna, so my biggest qualm like going into this being released was the idea of the double, the dual curved edges, mm-hmm. which I really don't like on the S7 edge. Um, Cause I feel, especially for people's small hands, it's very awkward in the hand. You're constantly brushing against the sides. The sides don't have much of a purpose. And they also make it harder to find protective cases and so like the, everything the, like that. So the one
3: thing that I liked about the the two curved the, mm-hmm. the, the two edges is there's, there's not edges on the back, but it's also curved, it's on, curved the back. on the back. Right? So even though so to put it into perspective, the S7 Edge is 5.5 inches and the uh, the Note 7 is 5.7 mm-hmm. inches, which is only 0.2 inches. But when a phone's already that big, it it, seem, it it looks like a big jump when you put them beside each other. It's somewhat substantial. But because it has that curved back, it actually feels better in my hand than the Edge, like it fits better in it, and it doesn't feel much larger, even though it actually is. Yeah, that's really interesting to me.
2: Yeah,
1: I I mean, I haven't used the Note 7 obviously, but the uh, uh, 7 Edge, I was kind of surprised how it didn't feel that huge of a phone because of the curved edges, yeah, right? I think and the curved
3: edges make a big difference with size. So like that. the regular
1: S seven felt minuscule comparison, oh, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: What I'm interested in is to see what comes next. Because I think you're correct that the the note series is how Samsung tests things. The S Pen like five years ago. I remember when they launched it in Canada. Yeah, everyone's going, oh my God, those S Pen stylus is back. The eighties are back. <laughs> mm-hmm. but now Apple yeah. has a stylus called the Pencil, right? They mm. they brought that back. Uh, the iris scanner, sure, that's going to be more used in the future. But the curved displays, LG's doing one, Samsung's going to do one. It's going to be leading towards flexible displays. Yeah. So this is just another iteration towards what is going to be coming in the future, too.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, I, like I'm always confused about these, like whether these uh, foldable displays in certain co- like, contexts, is, I think they're going to be great. Like if anyone remembers, uh, I think it was called the Microsoft Courier. It was that like really yeah, cool um, prototype that kind of got leaked from Microsoft mm-hmm. where it was like, it was basically mm-hmm. a book, right? And that's where the cur- the bendable display makes a lot of sense. But until, like, someone sits down and, like, makes kind of a software case for these foldable displays, you know, like, we saw that at Queen's University. They're like, oh, you can, like, play uh, Angry Birds by, like, flicking the display. But I'm like, but why when you have more precision and you're used to with just doing it with your finger right you're
3: it's telling experience.
1: me you're telling me the youtuber who
3: slapped the, the screen on her wrist at the moto yeah that was they awesome the that technical. wasn't
2: a
0: use case that was amazing it was cool well, sure like, I, I don't know how practical it was, yeah like, i get exactly what i you're think saying.
2: it well actually no seriously i think that's extremely practical like the problem of us always having phones in our hands is a legitimate one Everybody is constantly mm-hmm. holding their phone. You, but, they're, but they're getting bigger and bigger, so it's hard to put it in your pocket. It's nice to have somewhere to put it. But
1: specifically what I'm talking about is, like, you know, we've become so used to touchscreens displays that we've kind of, the magic has worn away. But when you, if you go back to 2007 when, you know, Steve Jobs showed the iPhone, like, that was, like, a revolutionary way to interact with, like, an uh, electronic device because it took away the abstraction of a, keyboard and mouse right like what does a foldable display do um in those terms right like does it make it more intuitive to use this device if it's a like a book display sure but if it's like just your regular smartphone is it making it easier and more intuitive or is it just adding layers of abstraction right because so many people already complain like they look at a regular let's say like surface book or just surface pro or macbook and they're like they just want an iPad because they just want the simplicity of it, right? And mm-hmm. they don't care that the MacBook can do way more as a mm-hmm. normal computer with a keyboard and mouse, right? So that this is where my concern with, like... I think this is just something Samsung and... And I could be totally wrong. Um, LG are pushing just so that they have something new to sell, right? I, as opposed I, to yeah. something useful to sell.
2: I think... I, I do think the issue of wearability is a serious one mm-hmm. because people are doing all of these smart watches, but I don't really truly believe that the smart watch is ever going to take off in a way that is going to eclipse the smartphone because the screens too big or too small. So I feel like if you have the ability to instead wear that larger Mm -hmm. screen phone, that would become the wearable and that would become everything. Mm Because I don't think we really need the smart watch. It's just this sort of semi-useful accessory at this point and I don't know okay. if it'll okay. if it all yeah. Yeah, like, if it'll ever evolve past
0: so, that. So think about if if you want to replace if your idea is to replace a smartwatch with a a smartphone that wraps around yeah. your wrist like Lenovo showed off. Think of all the thefts that will happen. If you're just riding your bike along you say, hey I see your your phone there man. rip it off your wrist. There's gotta be some sort of clasp
2: Right. or yeah. something
0: to secure that to yours like
2: somebody your... could just snatch your phone on the yeah
0: streets. everyone knows totally. like,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they do I mean in oh. Vancouver
1: I wrote a story about yeah. in Vancouver there were people like pretending on Craigslist to be buying used phones right and they were just uh, stealing people's smartphones and, you know so <laughs> That's
0: terrible that doesn't happen in Canada yeah That's not our country not, not, our not country. on the best <laughs> it only happens on the best
1: coast right mm-hmm. um yeah, so that's the Note 7.
0: It's coming August 19th in Canada. Several carriers, and they're all the carriers, some deals. Yeah, right?
2: so they're all offering, for the most part, all the big ones are offering um, to the the choice between two free gifts: the Gear Fit 2 mm-hmm. or a wireless speaker. I think it's a Pro Level S or something like that. Um, and that seems to be just like a Samsung promotion that they're tapping into. Um, but and then, additionally, some of them are out offering like extras on top of it's that. It's five forty nine on a two year. Yeah, it's yeah, it's around five forty nine everywhere cool. on a two year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that. So is that a Samsung thing that Samsung's pushing, or is this the carriers you think that are pushing it? Yeah. Those those gifts. Yeah.
2: Um. It does appear to be a Samsung thing because okay. on the fine print of like say Bell's website, it shows um that they'll have to redeem it through the samsung website uh, okay oh,
1: so interesting okay program. yeah interesting. Yeah, so I was like, oh, you know, what does this say about the carriers and where they are? Saturation and all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, they're the just incentives. taking
2: advantage of uh, a free gift. Like, because that, that is an expensive free gift, right? Mm-hmm. And a yeah, really good great. one. So very worth it. Yeah, if anybody has a chance, definitely get the Gear Fit too over that speaker. Yeah, um, and take advantage of that because it's a really good wearable. It's a great wearable. Yeah, yeah if you
3: it's still so much money for a phone on a two year though to me when I think about that dropping five hundred and forty nine dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. but
2: you know, some people are ready to do yeah. it. I've seen a lot on Twitter just saying, you know, like, do you think I should go and drop the cash on the Note Seven? And like, one guy was saying he had the S Seven Edge. Should I drop? The oh man, on the no, Note? no. I don't think so. Right? It's just not enough that's no. changed. To really yeah, that's, that's 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 yeah, just being that. yeah. wasteful. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Like, the SF, it's like a perfectly good phone. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Yeah, no, there's no real big reason that you'd want to go mm-hmm. ahead and get the Note 7.
1: Mm-hmm. But speaking of carriers, something interesting came out this week concerning Win Mobile. Um Do you want to run us an explainer,
0: Mr. Hardy? Sure. Uh, our friend uh, Christine Dobby at The Globe, uh, wrote this uh, really great article, so shout out to Christine. She's really Fantastic good. Fantastic reporter. Um, she uh, found a court filing from... Uh, when mobile's previous owner, Global Telecom Holdings, which was known as RASCOM, they filed at one point, at least a one point, three two billion dollar uh, suit against the government of Canada for damages, uh, claiming that they they breached agreements when it entered into the Canadian wireless space in two thousand eight, um, saying that they were supposed to be given some levies within a five year period to potentially sell. Uh, their subscriber base and also Spectrum to one of the big three. Apparently, the government botched it up, declined it, um, and now this is where we are. Uh, so, they filed a, the lawsuit of $1.32 billion, which is a, a lot of money. So, um, I feel a history but, lesson is in order. But, yeah, so so Win, Win Mobile recently sold to Shaw uh, for $1.6 billion. Uh, for those who don't know, WinMobile, uh, Tony Lacavera went over to Egypt, talked to Nagib Suarez in 2000, 2007, said, hey, we have a wireless auction coming up in 2008. Do you want to participate after some negotiations with him? They opened a uh, business together under the name Win Mobile in Canada. They launched their service uh, two years later after acquiring Spectrum in 2008 um, and have now service in, um, Ontario, B.C., Alberta, within cities within those, those provinces. So, um, over the last number of years, Wynn has certainly had its, its struggles with foreign investment and not meeting the requirements. Industry Canada laid down the law with them. They had a restructure. Uh, and in the end, it came out all green and rosy. They now have a million subscribers owned by Shaw.
1: Yeah, so I think... so the. Crux of this issue is that, so, eventually this company parted ways with Tony, right? Is that correct? Yeah, they, uh, yeah kind they of. They kind of absolved themselves they, of...
0: Or they they, they split with OrasCon. Yes. Because Nguyen Sarra says, I'm done. Yeah. A private equity firm came in and said, here's some money. We're opening a new company. Tony was still in there. Yeah. Eventually, Tony and crew sold the shop. Okay, so yeah. The issue th- I think here is that,
1: you know, Tony and company made a huge exit on um WinMobile, right? Like right. they sold it way over valuation, um, to Shaw, right? Like Shaw had to pay a premium. Yeah. And so I think this company, Rasmuscom and you know, they're looking at it and they're like, That exit could have been ours, right? Yeah, because we we, 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 we made the promised
0: idea. something that we weren't given.
1: Yeah, that we could sell like because you know, as investors, you're not really doing any of this for like the good of like the Canadian telecom. No, community you want to make more just, money. You want to like have yeah return yeah. on investment, right? And so they were really upset that um, they couldn't sell uh, WinMobile to one of the big three, right? Which, because right. I think obviously the big three would have lined up, right, to buy that spectrum, yeah. those subscribers yeah. back, right? And so
0: or another. Potential party in the United States, or yeah, some like a Verizon,
1: Verizon, right? So <laughs> I remember those rumors. Yeah. Um. So for, that's uh, that's for, the crux of the issue, yeah. correct? Yeah. Uh,
0: essentially, they what what the issue is based on what the court doc said. Limited court doc said is that we were promised. What what did it right here? We were promised uh, the government of Canada fail to create a fair, competitive, and favorable regulatory environment for new investors in the sector. Which and they're not the only ones because Mo- mobility. Mm-hmm. Uh, quadrangle and bit bitov also said the exact same thing so there seems to be a trend within the people who entered canada at the time mm-hmm. for new wireless that that they were promised something and the government possibly with a heavy hand of the big three said
2: no yeah
0: yeah and it's
1: tough right because we're different dealing with a different regime right like they're suing like the government of Canada, but now it's the Trudeau regime as opposed to the Harper one. And like, you yeah. know, what got like lost, changed between those two time periods. Um, how how would that affect every, everything though? Well, so, I mean, I mean, I think you could correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this was like the, it was really kind of an initiative of the Harper government to have like four carriers true. in each Uh, in each province right Um, and that kind of depending on the province like you had in obviously in Manitoba MTS you know they kind of predated the big three uh, or that initiative I should say Uh, that was really successful right but it so it was really part of the government's job to kind of lay put down some kind of regulation that would create MTS is in every other province, like Sa- but it's like or more, Sasko. more
0: competition in BC and Ontario, yeah. Ontario, and east yeah. Coast, yeah.
1: Um, but it's only really if you. It's interesting because I think Eastlink also predates that, right? Like they're um,
0: or Eastlink is relatively... I think I, I think they, they purchased around the same time, but they didn't go live for a few years later. Yeah, because they also had their own towers,
1: LTE towers, out, yeah, out, out east. And they, they kind of, they were kind of, I think. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A bit more careful about how they built out, right? Yeah. Um, whereas it seems like, you know, they wanted to in, to borrow the terminology to hockey stick in, uh, in Ontario, right? With WinMobile and Mo- Mobility. Yeah. The hope was to, like, really quickly
0: grow, right? Yeah, that, like, this is a long long game like it's a long story yeah in a short period of time mm-hmm. because it's only it's only been since two, 2008 since it all started yeah 2010 really when most of them launched but in 2010 to 2012 13 mm-hmm. it was so heated like mm-hmm. so intense and prices like mobilistic when they when they launched mm-hmm. they drove the entire market to all hell mm-hmm. like here's unlimited everything 25 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So then Rogers Ballantyla says, what the F? Like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So then everyone goes, like, hardcore, like, what are we going to do? We're going to scramble. Free data. Yeah. Like, and then Wynmobile says, free data for all. Yeah. So that, it was such a... a, a, a Exciting a time to be alive. <laughs> it was such a soap opera back then. Yeah. Um, and it's still you feel it today, but now... As you see, some of them are, have their earnings out. It's all like, even with the two year contracts, it's all kind of mm-hmm. settling down. The big three are still gone. We're still making money. Winmobile's still making money, but mm-hmm. now the play is different. Rather than, it's still a monthly price plan play, but now, you know, sad, saturation, as you mentioned, it's all different types of media play that's entered yeah. in. Yeah. So. Um,
2: Do you think we'll have another shake-up where, uh, you know, there are. More like maybe the government and uh, starts an initiative where they do try to bring in more uh, small carriers and do I th- get I back th- into the soap opera again. Or no? I,
0: I, th- I think what's going to happen next because there's, there's another auction coming up, mm-hmm. is that it's just going to get more intensified about how to to reach different areas within Canada, like rural. Yeah, I think
1: right. yeah, unless the Trudeau government does something crazy and invites like you know T Mobile to come into Canada it opens it up, like there needs to either be that or some kind of very drastic technological change, like on the level of something that like replaces smartphones. Right. Because like that was the big, if it's, it's really interesting that all this development in Canada coincided with smartphone proliferation, right? Like it was 2008. So that was the year the iPhone actually came to Canada. Right. And so um, that drove, I think so much of this, you know, movement in in Canada was that. So before that, it just had been boring, like dumb phones, would, right?
3: Would one of the U.S. carriers actually be interested
1: in coming here? Like, we're such a small it's market. It's such a small play, but I feel like they could dominate the market, yeah, right? Because that's be
2: interested. I also think it's interesting you said foreign investment because a government official in the Liberal government mm-hmm. did recently uh, co-present this study done by. A international, yeah, Yeah. that was saying that was recommending more foreign investment in Canadian telecom specifically. (sighs) Yeah, Yeah. Rogers
0: Bell tells would go (laughs) holistic. Yeah, like remember two years ago when the double cohort when contracts went from three years to two years. Yes. Yeah. They went so hard on the government. Mm -hmm. I remember James Moore, the industry minister, back then. Um, they both everyone came out with their own respective websites like um, God, I, forgot, I forgot what they're called but uh, Industry Canada says you have the right to, to, to have your own two year three year contracts you can choose Carrier's saying no we're in it for you we love customers yeah so they were like they were fighting against each other but and they, they both needed each other yeah. Carrier <laughs> websites were like we want you to save more money yeah, yeah. this yeah. is good for you yeah.
1: and the funny thing is all two year contracts have done is made are they more expensive more expensive right and they're like right. laughing
0: now right. totally <laughs> right totally. So,
3: so they were kind of not lying then so. yeah. <laughs> yeah but 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 the next advancement
0: i think will be all this 5g technology that we're seeing short spurts of now right. yeah, yeah
1: and the tough thing in canada too right is that it is in one sense like it's easy to build out network in the sense that so many of uh, Canadians live in cities or like below, you know, with, what is it within 50 kilometers of the 49 parallel, but then kind of building out that to so you hit everyone gets super expensive, I imagine. Right. Yeah. So, um, there's so much investment that has to happen into, cause we live honestly, like we're in a huge country, but we live all so far spread apart from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of adds to the problem mm-hmm. of, You know, creating a fourth carrier in each of these countries, in each of these provinces, excuse me, and territories. I've
0: I've never been to, like, Nunavut or anything like that. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Um, But bread up there, Mm -hmm. or cereal, Mm -hmm. is like 10 bucks. Anything that's
1: fresh, right? That needs to be, if it's non-perishable, it's not too bad. Cost
0: of living for stuff like that's really expensive. Yeah. That's my understanding. I don't know how much a cell phone plan Well,
1: I know Peter shared, Peter Novak, former CBC journalist, (laughs) uh, he shared something like really interesting. I didn't get a chance to read it, but it was an opinion piece about like what was wrong in the uh, telecom ecosystem in the Northwest Territories. And it, it was like basically like one company has like a stranglehold on the infrastructure there. Is it Bell what? or TELUS? Uh No, it's like some other... I, I don't... Uh, I'll have to look into one it. Of the, one of the, like, northern
3: carriers that
1: we never hear about. It. Yeah. Is
2: it Ice Wireless? Ice Wireless.
1: I don't think it was Ice that's Wireless. the best name. I Ice, yeah, Pretty great. Next so, to Chill. Chill. No, chill, that's right. Chill Mobile. I wonder how our friends at Chill Mobile were. Yeah,
2: we need an update. Um, um, chill Telecom.
0: Here it is. Let's see what they're doing.
1: Anyway. Anyway, so... But yeah, so that's the... Um, I think the Win Mobile... We'll have to see how it turns out. Obviously. Speaking of turning out, yes.
0: Blackberry mm-hmm. doing a different strategy. <laughs> Blackberry help plus 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 for the win.
1: Yeah. So if you didn't know, uh, during their, its most recent quarterly earnings report, uh, Blackberry announced that it's going to license its software. Um, we got to see what the first thing. And when it, when they said licensing, I thought like other Android OEMs were going to put like oh here's the BlackBerry Hub on a Samsung phone. Not that Samsung would ever agree to this. (laughs) But you know, uh, I don't know, like someone, some like third tier manufacturer. But anyway, um, instead you can now go to the Google Play Store and if you have uh, a phone running Android 6.0 and above, you can download the Hub Plus, which is kind of collection of Android apps by BlackBerry. So the Hub is one of them, but you have also like contacts, um, you have um, their password manager. I can't remember its name right now. Excuse me, but anyway, not detect though. Not detect though. You can't have because you know there has to be something <laughs> yeah. that you differentiate the BlackBerry. I uh, did BlackBerry device. That's
3: that's pretty much the only thing left, though, isn't it? Yeah, that, that you can't get. Mm-hmm. now that a Hub's available, I think. Yeah, that's fantastic.
2: That's, the Hub is something that people talk about a lot next to, I think, uh, just underneath the uh, keyboard, uh, about what they love about their BlackBerry device. So yeah. that's interesting. I
3: mean, like the, the Hub's not for me, for the way that I use my devices, mm-hmm. but I do get it. I do understand why people like it mm-hmm. in a sense. Everything but in one place. I think it's cool that it's available everywhere. I think that's, like Ian said this before, that it's kind of like, blackberry taking the microsoft approach to things putting their software on on other competing platforms reminding people that hey we still exist we're still doing stuff that you should care about
1: i i just the the concern i have is like so what is not that there were many compelling reasons to buy um a blackberry phone before but like what What differentiates a blackberry device d-tech bro okay d-tech okay (laughs) Detect tech aside... Det- detection. Detection. But, you know, like... I, I just... This feels like another step in, like, the eventual, like, just self-implosion of uh, BlackBerry, right? Like, I mean...
0: I think that's accurate,
1: though. I mean, I was... I didn't even realize in how much, like... They are in financial trouble. If you're burning, like... How much
0: do they have in bank? They, they have $2, two billion. Two, two billion dollars. But
1: if you're burning okay. $600 million in a quarter... Right, like, it, what's like, how much runway do they have left? They spent
0: six hundred million last. Well, days? they
1: a net loss of six hundred million. Oh, that doesn't mean they spent that. Uh, they didn't spend that, but yeah. that's still like yeah. So they can burn three
0: two billion relatively. Quickly. They yeah, yeah, like,
1: what's their burn rate right now? Like,
0: but they've always had around two billion dollars in the bank. Even yeah. when people said they're gonna fail, which yeah, it's true. <laughs> but so two two billion in the bank is still a good amount of chunk. Yeah. Change, but you're right. How long can it, like if there's limited resources coming in yeah they just gotta stop
3: making phones i don't i don't understand why blackberry phone needs to exist anymore especially
0: when all the software is available for the most part but but, uh, you know this is this is one step closer to them probably ending handsets yeah Yeah. right
1: i think this is ultimately what this signifies is that this is like one step uh, from the grave basically for that
0: that division. there's still more handsets coming at least day. one they more. They only said one more. That's one, right. more. one more, right? We'll but, so, this DTEC 50 coming out August 8th, how well will that do? And then, how well will the next one do?
3: They should release their final phone and call it, like, the last Blackberry. Yeah. Wow. And have, like, this nostalgic. Blackberry thing. juice. Oh release, like, a trailer of nostalgic Blackberry phones with, like, all time. Canadian flags everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There Kim you go.
2: Kardashian can be a part of that. Yeah. Video. yeah. They should have
1: made her the global ambassador. Even she, totally. I think she is. No, no, I, I don't think she's paid. Not officially. Yeah. For oh, those that don't know, Kim Kardashian, longtime Blackberry user, uh, her Blackberry bold recently <laughs> went to heaven and she tried to find, without success, a new bold on eBay. Couldn't find one. Couldn't and find one. And there was
2: sort of a string of like five tweets and included one of her with the crying kimoji and a Blackberry kimoji.
3: Samsung tweeted her right away and was like, Pick the last oh, one on the list.
2: Get a
0: Samsung. Hey,
2: you know what? I think that BlackBerry should just be a line of Samsung phones in the future. What well, do you they, think?
0: Do, they, they do have a good partnership because mm-hmm. they have the uh, Samsung Knox
2: Yeah, exactly, partnership.
0: Right? Maybe you're onto
2: something. I mean, it seems like the demographic, like uh, BlackBerry lovers... Oh, yeah, that's lovely. interesting probably enjoy samsung's second after their blackberries
3: like keeping the brand alive but mm-hmm. it really has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. they do that in video games all the time like publishers right. will pick up like an old publisher that no longer exists and then attach it to their own and it really has nothing to do with like the games that you remember yeah. when you were a kid That's Absolutely, it's a cool idea
2: it's almost like a situation where like lenovo has with motorola a little bit although not quite because it didn't have any uh, american phones somewhat yeah, yeah. That's so, my recommendation.
1: <laughs> and Patrick's recommendation mm-hmm. is, if you don't own an Xbox One, one, you should get an Xbox One S. So, Patrick, you got to do a review. Yeah. Want to tell us about it?
3: I played around with the Xbox One S for the last little bit. Did sort of, sort of a review and a, and, a, and a feature kind of at the same time. Um, so it's a smaller version of the original Xbox One mm-hmm. uh, that is significantly sleeker than the bulky original console. Uh, during my time, I, look at, I think it's great. I think it's the console that I've said this to Igor mm-hmm. uh, before the podcast started that it's the console that should have came out three years ago.
1: Yeah. Can I just say, some commenter was like, why do they keep saying this? Obviously, they couldn't make this console. I'm like, And then one commenter in our defense came and was like, well, so, Play, Sony made this. They totally could have made they, it. They made it three years ago. They're the same size. There's, right? there's no reason
3: why they couldn't have, have made it three years ago. It's just like for the longest time Microsoft hasn't released good hardware and then all of a sudden they and like hired the right people to and I help think them the, the surface has always been sort of like a kind of like a space where uh, their hardware is yeah. good it yeah good. like it's great but other than that like I don't think they've released anything good in a while like there's that one mouse
1: that is still in production it's like the all great, the one that's been around for like a million years it's like the greatest it's like it's, it has the red accents yeah, uh, the Intellimus or something. Uh, I'll find out the name. But anyway, tell us some more about it.
3: Yeah, it's great. It's uh, significantly smaller, forty percent smaller. But the big draw is that it plays four uh, K movies mm-hmm. with HDR. Cool. Yeah. And getting a four K standalone player right now costs like five hundred bucks, five hundred fifty dollars, six hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. So dropping. Let, let me see how much this costs. It's four hundred. I Believe it's four fifty. So, yeah, 4.99. So if you're going to go out and you're going to buy a 4K Blu-ray player, you might as well buy this Xbox. Right, exactly. Because that lets you play 4Ks and play games. And this is a strategy that, like, Sony used in the early 2000s with the PS2 and DVDs. Um, and Microsoft, to a lesser extent, too. The original Xbox could play DVDs. Uh, so that's what they're sort of banking on, is that people will go out and pick this up to be able to play 4K And I, I like, I don't own a 4K TV, but I brought the Xbox over to a friend's house, and I tried it. And 4K definitely is a jump in terms of quality. Yeah, it is. I don't think it's the jump that people expect. Like, the difference between standard definition and HD was enormous. Like, if you look at an SD set, and then you look at an HD 1080p, even 720p, it's, like, night and day. But when you look at 4K and 1080p, there's a difference. You can see it, especially with HDR enabled, which... um, uh there's more differentiation between the color and it makes the picture look look significantly more vibrant but there's not that huge monumental jump like it looks better Mm -hmm. but just incrementally i
2: think i don't know i've seen a lot of people i've seen who are seeing 4k for the first time like when i was working at rogers uh were pretty seemed pretty impressed yeah I don't know. I mean, I guess you're right, though. That it is incremental compared to the past.
3: It depends on like, what you expect, too. Mm-hmm. I guess I had high expectations. Like, I've seen 4K yeah. sets before, so it's not like I was surprised when I saw this. Mm. I knew this was the case. Okay. Um, but in general, the consoles, it's great. It's uh, really quiet. The other Xboxes, I'm sure Igor knows, gets pretty loud. And the other one was also extremely bulky. And yeah, you could club oh, someone with okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it would make a good club. This one looks great. And it looks. Yeah.
3: It, it's. I keep coming back to it, but it's the system that should have came out um, three years ago.
1: Yeah. the The interesting thing about this is the timing. You know, like it was interesting reading the articles or the reviews that came out, and my favorite one was uh, I forget the writer at Engadget, but he was like a worthy su- successor. Dot dot dot. Ellipses. Excuse me. To the Xbox Three <laughs> Sixty. Right, (laughs) right, like so, or like I think um, that's a good headline. Or like Dieter was like, great console, bad timing. Yeah, right. So and and I mean, in some ways, like I talked to
3: uh, the creative director mm -hmm. of of the console, Carl Ledbetter. Yeah, was his name? Awesome last name. Pearl
1: Jam, great Pearl Jam song. If you haven't (laughs) heard Yellow Ledbetter,
3: yeah. Um, But yeah, he he. uh, There's a lot of stuff that uh microsoft didn't want to talk about in terms of the console like i I was interested in learning what the performance upgrade would be when you're playing Ten percent that's what it is is 10 percent i didn't notice anything with the games that i played Mm -hmm. they might have loaded slightly quicker but i wasn't about to get out like a stopwatch and time the two yeah um i think the key takeaway was that it wasn't noticeably quicker so it Mm -hmm. might be a little quicker who knows but there's certain games that apparently um will run like significantly better, like Gears of War 4 mm-hmm. uh, the textures will look better the frame rate cause it, has a, it has a variable frame rate um, sticks to 60 frames per second but the resolution is variable actually yeah. uh, the, var- the resolution will stay uh, more consistent with the new Xbox because it's more powerful it's 10% yeah. powerful, more okay. powerful but they didn't, they didn't want to talk about any of that which I thought was kind of interesting
1: yeah, it was it because I think you know, like they just didn't want to oversell this console, right? Because I think uh, the smart thing they did in, at E three and what Spencer's done is he he was like, this is a console for a very specific person. Like, if you need the four K, this is for you. Otherwise, just like just wait, right? Was, I wait think, for the Scorpio in yeah. a
3: year, little over a year and a half, I think, when the yeah. new Xbox is supposed to come out. But if like for me, like you said, this is a very specific console for a very specific audience if you don't already own an Xbox you've been waiting to get one this is the one you should be buying not the old one if you want a 4k player buy this don't buy like a standalone Samsung whatever 4k player but if you already own an Xbox like me or, or Igor there's no there's no point in getting it like it's not worth uh, the upgrade
1: yeah so I think this is like you know people were, there was an argument in our uh, comments section whether like this was like because you suggested that this is the best UHD player you can get right yeah. Um, and someone was like, well, you can get this, like, Samsung one. And it turned out it was only an upscaler. Yeah. So, it like, it just upscales from 1080p to 4K. Yep. Whereas this is native. So, I think this is, like, you know, if you have any interest in games, but mostly wanted just the UHD compatibility and the HDR compatibility, this is a great bet. Because it's, you know, like more so than because these uh, the xbox one is actually a great media center yeah uh, especially in canada even right? though it's ugly it's great well the xbox one s i should say oh yeah yeah even the original xbox yeah. is
3: a really good media center too so because
1: one of the things you can do with the xbox one s is it has like a you can get a tv tuner uh okay. accessory I and actually then you get with mine yeah and then you can cut your cord it's a great cord cutting uh box uh, you can cut the cord. You can get this antenna, and then you get all of the HD channels that are broadcast in a city like Toronto. And, and you can put like something like the Apple TV will run through it. Like if you use the HDMI in, yeah,
3: and then you can control everything from your Xbox. Yeah, if you have a cable, you can. Yeah. Get
1: it. Anyway, so that's the Xbox One S. You can read the full review on our website. Uh, I think we're gonna just jump into shoutouts. Shoutouts. Yeah.
2: Um, my shout out is to Rogers and it's Fido, um, because I made a change recently and, um, sent out an email to its uh, customers and strangely, slightly surprisingly, it wasn't such a bad change. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, a change their terms of service in where they're going to change how they calculate late payment fines. Mm -hmm. So rather than monthly, it's gonna be daily accrual rates. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could benefit people because um, rather like if you end up paying your late bill in the middle of the month, it won't charge you for the whole month. For sure, yeah. So that's good. And then it was interesting because I checked in on the terms of service with the other two big ones. Um, And they both do monthly. But one of the interesting things that I found was that whereas Telus and Rogers have two percent monthly, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bell charges three percent, which is like significantly more. Actually, yeah. adds up quite quickly. Uh, and I had just assumed that they would all be the same because they usually are. But Bell's being they compete a little on late fees. Yeah, exactly. Not on price, but on late and fees. And you know what? That's a smart place to That's compete. So funny. Yeah. It's a smart place to compete because nobody probably really checks that. I know I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think
1: I. Yeah. I don't think I paid ever paid one of my cell phone bills late yeah. I
3: paid. I paid uh, one recently late. Like, first time in my life, I forgot to pay it. Yeah. And I had like ten dollars in late oh fees because it was a massive bill because mm-hmm. I was like way over on data as I always am. Yeah. But I had something like between five and ten dollars in, in late fees. And shook my fist, shook my fist at the sky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well,
2: at least it was only two percent because you're with telus. Yeah. I'm with Kudo. Don't yeah, telus.
0: it wasn't that
1: Kudo. much.
0: i <laughs> uh, Mr. Hardy. Uh, I like Jameson uh, <laughs> whiskey this week. That's my <laughs> shout out. It's very Ian delicious. has a, a
2: red solo cup yep. in the uh, in the studio. Uh, that's really
0: great.
1: Shout out to the whiskey. Uh, Jameson, by the way, is not a sponsor of the syrup cast. It's
0: lest up. there be any confusion. But I do consume. I do consume. It is yeah.
2: medicinal for styes. Traditionally medicinal. <laughs> Pour like, it on there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a disinfectant. <laughs> right. It's true. Exactly.
3: Could probably help. Um, so my shout-out goes uh, to The Void. It's this uh, VR experience that you can try... In Times Square at Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, Love it. I tried it out while I was in New York at the the Note Seven thing, and it's pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot like wearing an HTC Vive headset, but they have like environmental things there too. So there's a sequence. I'm gonna write a bit of for Reality Bites this week, uh, but there's there's a sequence in it where you're you're walking um, like on scaffolding outside of the Empire State Building. Oh my God! I think uh. it's the Empire State Building, but it's it's not actual. It's like virtual scaffolding but they have fans in the room that blow air mm-hmm. at you at Love the it. angle that it would if you're really looking over the edge of the Empire State Building. And there's a lot of things like that, too. Like, there's one sequence where, like, mist sprays at you. Um, mm. It's interesting. It was really short. Probably not worth the $20 that it costs to to do. $20 American. American yeah, dollars, of yeah. course. But it was, it was fun. It was, I've never experienced something like that before. It was this interesting mix of virtual and... In real reality, and uh, sort of playing with your senses in a way that I've never experienced before.
2: And you got to see and sync as well.
3: Yes, and and I got to pose with uh, <laughs> my boy Joey Fatone. Yeah, vintage Joey Fatone. Yeah, not,
1: not this new
3: bangle joey very much so he still had like that that awesome hair that were like sort of dreadlocks but not dreadlocks love it i dream of that hair i mean we were saying the 90s were the best (laughs) you just dream of hair maybe that's
0: my shout-out, hair
2: (laughs) hair and jameson uh
1: i guess since we're on this 90s spree uh shout out to good old games for getting to an agreement with uh disney to put up to put up the original like Disney games from the 90s so you got Aladdin you got uh, The Jungle Book and Lion King
3: Lion King's garbage I'll just say it's just not a good game but Aladdin
1: fantastic also the Genesis version which is uh, Patrick will fight anyone that says the it's the only version it's the the only one
3: one of the first self-shaded video games ever made
1: there you go Uh, but more seriously shout out to Station Eleven great book if you haven't read it uh, by Canadian author really good read I just finished it and really loved it. Cool. Want to check it out. Yeah. Peace out.